Let's Science is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. We live in a universe of scientific wonders. Every day, scientists are inching towards breakthroughs which can change our lives. We're playing our small part in sharing these wonders with you. That's why today is a fine day for science. So let's science. Last time we spoke about chewing and that was a, there was a bit of work in... Okay, in, that was cool. That was, you know, I love in that. digesting that information, but uh, this <laughs> yes, time around... <laughs> but this time around, this is a fun one, all right? this right? Let's delve into the world of... Space robots. How about that? Space mm. robots. So, um, firstly, an older one, Lino, uh, and this is from space.com, uh, it, and it was written in May. Meets the Astro Bees. These tiny cube-shaped robots, yeah, have uh, have Ooh. arrived in space. So, back in May, um, the uh, a Northrop uh, Grumman Antares rocket launched um, you know, lots and lots of equipment to the International Space Station, supplies and so on. But amongst all of those supplies were two little robots called Astro Bees. Now, these, uh, I've got a picture of one in front of me. They are so they're so cute, to be honest. They're really cool, right? <laughs> it's a, they are. They're, tiny, they're like yes. A, yeah. Uh, they're like about the size of a loaf of bread. Um, it's a cube. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they've got two, they look like eyes. They actually look like they've got eyes. It's a touch screen with two dots on it and where, and there's a camera integrated and everything. And it's just floating around in the International Space Station doing its thing. And they float around. They've got fans and that's how they move around. But they're these little autonomous robots that can float around the International Space Station and, and do work, which is really cool. Nice. So, uh, nice. As it says here, they look like something out of a science fiction film. Oh, definitely. If any, yeah. If any of them speak to you and call you Dave, get out of there. All right. So just yeah. <laughs> if it says like, "I'm sorry, Dave," get out. Get out. All right. Otherwise, Who's they have yeah, um, That's uh, what's it called? Um, oh, now I just went blank. Um, <laughs> Space Odyssey. That one. Space Odyssey. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. All right. I thought it was I saw- Alien, but for some no. reason, I know, that's no, a different alien, one. That's a different guy. No, Alien had the androids. The yeah. Androids. Yes. Sorry, my bad. My bad. Yeah. 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 Yeah, um, yeah. Let's not talk about the horror of AI going wrong. Uh, but it's sorry, no, 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 no. Yeah, let's talk positive with some yes. good robots. Me if you want things. to live, anyway. So um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, that aside, um, <laughs> these little uh, they're, they're little cube shaped robotic devices, and they're like free flying machines. Uh, they are entirely functional bots that have joined the crew aboard the International Space Station. And um, and there'll be a third one. If it's not up there already, there's a third one that's going to be joining them as well. But they are going to um, cool. help the so astronauts cool. with routine everyday tasks. One of their cool. purposes, yeah, one of their purposes is to reduce the amount of time the astronauts need to spend on mundane tasks, like for example, finding a lost piece of equipment. They can do it for them. Um, oh wow! Yeah. Oh come on, we need but, one of them at home. Yeah, it's like uh, Astro Bear left my wrench on the floor. You know, can you go get it for me? <laughs> um, oh, my pen fell over. It's gone. Oh, not my pen. It's floating away. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. 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 Sorry, yeah, floating away. Yeah. Can you find my wow. phone for me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey Siri. Yeah. Hey, yeah. That's right. Oh. Uh, 
better not say wow. that too loud, okay. actually, because I said I, it I off. just didn't send yeah. down my, my phone <laughs> off by accident. <laughs> yeah. oh, go, 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 go. All good, all good. Um, sorry, sorry, guys. That's all right. <laughs> These little robots can uh, contain multiple science payloads, uh, and they can collect data as they float around. On, so they can do science while they're working as well, while they're floating around the station. Nice. Um, oh, cool. So, yes, like I said, they have a, a set setup of different electric fans, which can help them to navigate and float around the space station. And they have sensors that will help them to detect danger, dangers like uh, radiation, carbon dioxide, and more as well. They oh, have wow. cameras um, built into the front to help them see as they move around the space station. And they have a perching arm, which allows them to grab handrails or grab and hold items. Um, it is a limited capacity to, to grab things. Um, however, this is just the beginning. Of, you know, it's like this is like level one of what these robots will be able to do later on in the future. So they can function autonomously. They can also be controlled by the astronauts. And they can also be controlled by flight controllers and researchers back on Earth as well. So they're pretty flexible oh, in, in what they can do. Oh, no. I can imagine one of the guys <laughs> down, down to earth doing a, like a prank on the poor astronauts. Yeah, the just I can, I can, I can imagine all the pranks. Like, yeah, yeah, prank, yeah. just pranks on them, you know. Hey, yep. get this robot to drop, drop a pen on the guy's head. Yeah. <laughs> Something silly. Or float it towards their head. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right to their face. Or, like, or, ah! or to float up to them while they're sleeping and go, I'm sorry, oh, Dave. <laughs> Oh I'm sure they've done it already. Yeah, I think they've probably done a little practical jokes for that there. So, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Um, so they also think that once the Astro Bees become advanced enough, so future iterations, they'll actually be able to maintain spacecraft in the future. So to cool. imagine yeah. that human beings don't always have to be on the International Space Station, or if there's a spacecraft taking supplies to Mars, the Astro Bee that you don't necessarily need people to be on board, the Astro Bee could maintain systems and things like that. Um, while, while the spaceship is flying. Um, so, the yeah, the team is looking at developing further capabilities. So it says here, on future spacecraft, robots like Astrobees could someday monitor the ship for problems and maintain onboard systems, even if astronauts aren't present, as I was saying before. Uh, so in addition to transporting experiments on the space station and helping maintain the station, they'll help researchers to learn more about how astronauts and robots can work together in space. So this could inform future long-term missions, long-term space travel, where more advanced robots are helping to assist and also cohabitate with humans on these long journeys. So when looking at the new Astro Bees, it's clear that to see why researchers might be interested in how astronauts interact with them. They look like futuristic sci-fi companion robots, and they even have names. So to finish off, they have names. So the yellow one is called Honey. The blue one is, is called yep. yeah. All right, the blue one's called Bumble, and the third green one uh, is called Queen. So there we okay, are. Uh, makes yeah, sense. We have three little astro astro bees floating around. Um, they remind me of I don't know if anyone were they remind me of exocomps, which are these uh, robots from Star Trek: The Next Generation, which became part of like comedic parody on um, what's it called on Lower Decks. Oh. So if you remember Peanut oh, Hamper, yeah. yeah. So yes, Peanut Hamper is yeah. like is a yeah is a one of those yeah. Um, okay, okay. They remind me a little bit about that, of those, yeah. Cool, uh, cool. So, um, they, again, they have microphones as well so that um, they can hear and, uh, and so that um, people can talk into them and communicate as well. But they have lights to tell you when, the, when cameras and uh, microphones are on as well so that um, they know they're not being eavesdropped on or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's so, so cool. That's the first. Uh, that's the first robot, right? The second one is not so much a robot that can fly around. It's a. It's a device. It's also cube shape, about the size of a loaf of bread, and it's very cool. This one is called Moxie, and Moxie right now is creating Earth. Uh, sorry, is creating oxygen on Mars. 
which is awesome. Cool. So wow. I love this one. This was actually contributed by Caroline. She shared this with this one with us. Yep. So yep. Caroline, yep. thank yep. you for this because it's such a great story. So um, this story is from the Smithsonian Magazine, and it says if humans are going to travel to Mars, they'll need to get oxygen from somewhere. So compared to Earth's atmosphere, which is twenty one percent oxygen, Mars is just. 0.16% oxygen. So okay. not, not, not good enough for humans. No, yeah, no, yeah, that's it. definitely not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, these lunchbox sized instruments called MOXIE, there, there's one of them that's actually on board NASA's Perseverance rover. We did an episode on the Perseverance rover last year when it when it uh, successfully landed on Mars. Um, and it's still there, isn't it, Lynn? It's still, yeah, still there, still doing, doing it, rolling still around, doing, doing science doing and launching a drone and awesome. things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, nice, but nice. MOXIE is one device that's actually attached to it. And it has been creating oxygen, breathable oxygen, on Mars. So it successfully produced oxygen um, in seven different tests that were conducted in 2021, uh, according to a paper that was published recently in the Journal of Science Advances. So if astronauts were to go to Mars, they'd need oxygen to breathe. But they also need oxygen to fuel rockets too. So, for example, we use liquid oxygen as part of the fuel of rockets here on Earth. Um, Yeah, okay. However... However, they would need four times the liquid oxygen to lift off from Mars's atmosphere. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, makes sense. so they do need to generate mm-hmm. a lot of oxygen on Mars if there's to be a successful human presence, but also a space program of going there, launching from there, and so on. We, you know, if someone goes there, we need to have the capacity to return them as well. It's not; it shouldn't be a one-way exactly. trip. A one-way yep. trip, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, this this uh, instrument uh, would produce oxygen cheaply. Uh, and would be a very efficient way to do that. So MOXIE, or the Mars Oxygen in C2 Resource Utilization Experiment, uh, was able to produce six grams of oxygen per hour during the test. So that's about the rate of a small tree. Right? So a, a small tree's worth of oxygen per, per hour, which is a good start. It's a step. It's yep. a step. It's a yep. good step, yep. yeah. Yep. Yep. So mm-hmm. it makes oxygen by compre- compressing and heating carbon dioxide from Mars's atmosphere to about 800 degrees-ish uh, Celsius or 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit, if you use Fahrenheit as your measurement. And it, uh, what that does is it causes the um, carbon dioxide to split into oxygen ions and carbon, mon- carbon monoxide. Then the device recombines the oxygen ions to make breathable and combustible oxygen gas. So the, um, and the byproducts from this are not harmful to the Martian atmosphere. So it's also very sustainable. So there you um, go. Yep. So it's really Sustainable. good. Yeah, we talked about care for creation. Yeah, so there you go. Um, so with these experiments, MOXIE has proven it can work reliably. Um, across a variety of tests, the device produced the total of 100 minutes worth of breathable oxygen uh, during all those tests. So one astronaut would have 100 minutes of breathable oxygen from what has managed to happen so far. It performed, it performed predictably during day and night in different extreme temperatures and following a dust storm, so that was good. So the only thing that they need to demonstrate now is how it would run at dawn or dusk when the temperature change is substantial. So this is yeah, the next... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's, oh, right. So temperatures do change even with... Oh, yeah, Mars, okay, yeah it's, um, it's, it, it can be very extreme. And so gotcha. they, need to, they need to see how it works in these extreme changes if they want it to be a, a sustainable, usable thing uh, in, into the future on Mars. Exactly, exactly. So in order to make enough oxygen to support a mission to Mars and send people back... Uh, MOXIE would need to create at least uh, about, I think this worked out to about three kilograms. I'm, I'm converting pounds here. So it says 4.5 to 6.5 pounds. So that's three to five kilograms of oxygen, which would require scaling things up by several hundred times. 
So it needs to be a hundred mm-hmm. times. Uh, we need to work a hundred times, you know, faster or be a hundred times, you know, yeah. not larger, but you know, right. it needs to be scaled but up quite significantly. Exactly, it would be. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. what they're doing now is working on a device that's about a cubic meter in size. So they're they're upscaling now to move to the next stage of testing. So the bigger device to support a human mission would need to be running continuously for four hundred days uh, on Mars. So, yeah. So it's got to it's got to run a lot. So um, that's a lot of hours to put on the hardware, it says, irrespective of what the technology is. Oh, so the, yeah, it, it definitely. Needs, yeah. And this is technology that needs to work continuously for 400 days on Mars in a different, you know, so in different, um, in different conditions. So not conditions not on Earth. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Wow. Okay. So, so um, the scientists that we interviewed said that scaling up the technology shouldn't be too difficult, um, but they said there are challenges that do need to be managed. Um, so, for example, a larger device's internal temperature. I mean, you know, if it's larger, it's going to get warmer. So it needs to the temperature needs to be uh, monitored and maintained as well. So NASA is testing the new hardware for this larger version, and uh, the future. It says here the future Moxie is the one that really counts. So the researchers say it will lay the groundwork for future space travel. Um, and so, uh, and it says this is what uh, explorers have done since time immemorial. They find out what resources are available, where they're going, and then find out how to use them to continue the work that they're doing. They're doing, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So what do you think about wow. those uh, those robots? Oh, it's interesting. Both of them are doing great things in space. I like it. I like yeah. it. Um, the Astro Bees are nice and cute and you know, do everything for They are own. very cute. They're, they're cute little, you can hold them in your hand. They're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very, and it's the yeah, news about the, um, what's it, what do you call it, sorry? The, the Moxie. Moxie, Moxie, yeah. <laughs> Moxie, and Astro Bees. Moxie sounds a, an awesome um, uh, device to bring um, make um, oxygen on on Mars, and it's it's a step. It, it has to take time. Uh, I, I'm excited. I wanted to know how it's going to go through. Yes, yeah. But it has to take time to see how we go. But um, yeah, it was so good. And so how cool. a larger yeah. Moxie would function, that would be cool too. To yeah, yeah in the future, exactly. Yeah, when they scale up, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so right. wait, is Moxie yep. in the um, rover now, Lindsay? Moxie, Moxie is in the Perseverance rover right now, making oxygen on yeah. Mars. Okay, yeah. Okay. Then. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or has been. Okay, yeah. Okay. In several experiments. Yeah. Which is very okay, cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. cool uh, the cool, other cool, thing to cool. mention is uh, just very quickly on, on slightly different, well, still space-related news. So recently, uh, we spoke about the Artemis One mission and our excitement about it, and Artemis One. Is still on Earth <laughs> at time of recording. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, as as the administrator of NASA said, this is a new rocket. It's a new vehicle. So, of course, there are going to be teething problems. Uh, you know, there's going to. I mean, if you if you want to see how you know issues with a, a a new rocket, look at the development of Starship. You know, there are explosions going on everywhere as they you know as they succeed. They call it failing upwards, right? So as they fail, they yes. learn new things and they well, eliminate that to. failure and yeah. then work on the next one. So. Yeah, so SLS, you know, again, the, the most powerful rocket in human history at the moment, um, is going to have a lot of failure points as it as it goes along. And um, and before the show, Lino and I were talking about this rocket launches, uh, you know, and new rockets. Part of the journey is expecting that there's going to be a scrub. It's going to happen. Scrub. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It would be cool if they exactly. launched exactly. you know first time when they said they would. But scrubs are part of normal operations. Yeah, That's, yeah part they of have the journey. To be there. It's part of the journey. It is. It is. It is. If if you don't, if you think it's yeah, what's that saying, Lizzie? If it if it's 
too true is probably is. Uh, if it's if it's um sounds, too good to be true, it probably true, is. Yeah, not, yeah. It probably is. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So the expectation <laughs> of a launch the first time. Look, I kind of thought it would launch the first time, um, but I hadn't realized that they hadn't done full wet dress rehearsals yet, which is where they where they flood all the tanks. You know, they run all the ox- the um the fuels through all the pipes and tanks and whatever else and. And then, yeah, and then check the three instruments to see if it went well. So the full wet dress rehearsal, a couple of cracks appeared in the foam, which is normal. Uh, there's a foam you know, casing to cool the, the, the middle tank. So a couple of cracks appeared, um, which wasn't too big of a deal. There was a pipe that, that leaked, that was leaking um, hydrogen, I think it was. And they had a, there was a, um, the third engine, there was a sensor that failed and they couldn't tell if their engine had cooled properly because you have to cool the engines to a particular temperature otherwise they will basically you know they'll crack explode break get damaged when when um when they are flooded with with um with you know the cold fuel that that's needed to ignite and you know make flamey things happen yeah yeah so um anyway we follow the artemis journey with hope and uh looking forward to see it uh, so i think the next possible launches will be towards the end of september or uh, sometime in October. So we'll just wait and see what NASA tells us about um, when they have a fixed date and time. And cool, 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 NASA, cool. I'm just, just saying, it. I like the 10.30 p.m. I'm cool with that. Not oh, so cool with it. for us, is it? Well, for it was, Australia. yeah, the first well, attempt. The second attempt, however, was 4.15 in the morning on, on Sunday. Um, not so cool with that one. Anyway, but, yeah. uh, you know, okay. either way, I don't care what time. I'm waking up to watch this thing. I want to see, you know, as they say, <laughs> let's light this candle. I want to see it go, so... Yeah, <laughs> exactly, it's, and exactly. it's history. I love watching historical, you know, historic things. You know, yeah, as in, yeah. as in, you know, historical moments, not disasters necessarily, but but key moments where human beings have done something pretty cool. You know, that that advances humanity. So there we are. Let's science is brought to you by StarQuest Media and is a fortnightly podcast that brings you the scientific wonders of our universe from a distinctly Catholic point of view. For more from Caroline, Lindsay, and friends, listen to the StarQuest show. Catholics of Oz. Find links from today's show at sqpn.com slash science and find the Catholics of Oz at sqpn.com slash Oz. Be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts or on the SQPN YouTube channel. The generous donations of our patrons at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue Let's Science and all the shows at StarQuest, which makes our nonprofit mission possible. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Join us next time for more scientific wonders. And thank you for listening to Let's Science on StarQuest.